everyone. Um, we have a good show today. You're going to hear the first Super Scary on the Supercast. Yeah, new segment, as we've mentioned, Super Scary uh, is now going to be brought into the Supercast uh, because we are suspending our video shows while we figure out once and for all and start really nailing down what we're going to do for music. So, today our first segment is, appropriately, New Year's Evil from 1980. And we, we get to that pretty early in the show. It's kind of the first big segment here, so... Yeah, it was sort of unintentional, but we just sort of jumped right into it. Yeah, horror movies came up, and it was like, well, this is as good a time as any, so let's just go ahead and do it now, and we yep. did it, and... Uh, and then there's still plenty of show left after that, so make sure that you stick around because mm-hmm. uh, talked about Bender's keen eye for fashion. <laughs> yeah, and, and my pipe cleaner limbs. Yeah. Um, talked about a uh, little bit of... Oh, we went over... We haven't seen each other since actual Christmas, yeah. so we talked a little bit about things that we got and things that we did. and Chris. Christmas gifts. We almost talked about how I'm never going to play Final Fantasy, but we'll see how it goes after yeah. I actually play it. We'll we'll both have to give it a shot and kind of. And then we'll come back and I'll tell you guys how overwhelmed yeah. I was. <laughs> <laughs> the first the first side quest that popped up, you just I'm had just to turn like, it off. No, <laughs> I traded in. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and some other things. So. Um, it won't keep you too long here. Make sure you uh, check us out all across social media. Um, Bender and I have both been more active on our personal accounts recently. Yes, I feel. we have. So the Super Divorce Instagram, we're gonna, we need to, we understand we need to get back to kind of posting there, but we're trying to keep that one a little bit more reserved for business. Yeah, things d- relating directly to the band. I've I've posted a few things um, within the past week. And they've been band related, so we're gonna try and do that. But then also, in you know, in exchange for doing that, um, I'm definitely trying to be more active on my personal social media accounts. So, you know, you can you can still follow Super Divorce Band on Instagram, and then um, you can just follow me, Nicholas Villars, on Instagram at Nicholas Villars. And uh, also at Nicholas Villars on Twitter. You can follow me at BenderButt on Instagram. And I have no idea how you add people on Snapchat. But if you can figure it out, add me on Snapchat. Because I am taking some inspiration from you and trying to be more active on that social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been posting a lot today and things like that your feed is so funny thank you i it's just it's so slice of life hilarious and i love it so thank you you can you can follow me on snapchat if you uh if you look me up on twitter um you can just go ahead and grab my snap id that is my um my twitter profile pic so if you uh if you grab my snap id from the picture there, you can go ahead and add me that way. That's the simplest way to do it. And then I'm also using that same picture on Facebook now, so that's pretty pretty easy. Maybe I'll consider doing that. Yeah, it's not too tough. No, it's not too <laughs> tough. Not too tough. But uh, yeah, so so really, we're we're getting we're both getting more active 
on our personal pages, so make sure to follow us and talk to us and have fun with us. And come back to superdivorceme.com every Friday for a new episode of the Supercast. And, um, of course, uh, please email us, divorceclub at superdivorceme.com. Yep. Yep. Still waiting. Still That's waiting. Yeah. So... All right. Well, we got a we got a really big show coming up for you. So stay tuned and enjoy it. All right. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, man. Hello. Super divorce, supercast. I'm Nicholas. I am Bender. Hope everyone's having a wonderful, wonderful day today. It's uh, Friday if you're listening to this one. It's coming out here. Yeah. Yep. Friday. The Friday after Christmas and before New Year's. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. We're just about to wave goodbye to 2016. Finally. You know, speaking of 2016, you know, I'm sure, well, I don't know if you've seen because you don't follow anybody on Facebook, but have you seen all this stuff about like... Just everybody's like, oh, 2016 needs to die, or like, I'm ready for it to be over, and it's been the worst year ever, and all yeah. this stuff. I'm not really one of those guys. Like, I see a lot of that, you know, and it sucks with the amount of celebrities that have died, like prominent celebrities. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, to me personally, I guess the year hasn't been so terrible. It, no, no, yeah, to me personally, it, it hasn't been that bad, and I just... It's like, well, shit happens, you know. Yeah. It's it. I mean, I guess a lot of the prominent celebrities that have passed have been relatively young. I mean, yeah. You know, obviously Carrie Fisher, Prince, um, George Michael, like they were all sixty or younger. Well, Prince was an OD, so yeah. you can't really. Not much you can do there. Right. That could have happened any year. Yeah. So. Yeah, really. He's probably lucky he made it this long if if that's the kind of shit he was into. Right. So I'm sure he had his wild days back in the 80s too and 90s for that matter. Yeah. So. Well, and then you had Gene Wilder. He was older probably. And he had apparently been dealing with Alzheimer's for quite some time. Right. And they just kind of kept it quiet. Right. It's just kind of like, well, you know, sometimes these these things happen. It does kind of, it's different now with, obviously, the the mass coverage. You know, as soon as something happens, boom, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of affects people a lot harder, you know, because you hear about it literally hours after it happened. You don't have to wait for the next day's newspaper or see it on the evening news or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think people kind of tend to overreact a little. I was pretty sad about Carrie Fisher, though. Yeah, that's that, that, that's a bummer. And then her mom right after, Debbie Reynolds, right? Mm-hmm. The day after? Yeah. Because she had a stroke and then was just like, I can't deal with this, I want to be with Carrie. And then died. Like, ridiculous! How does that even happen? I mean, you hear about stuff like that happening with older couples, you know, 
couple's been together for like 50 years and one dies and then like within six months the other one's dead yeah with no like you know real health issues to speak of beforehand it's just you lose your will to live so to speak pretty much i mean i've seen it happen at at the home you know yeah one of them dies and then it's it's only a couple months later and they're Mm -hmm. just like you know what i'm i would rather just be with them yeah which is pretty crazy yeah I had no idea until, I mean, unfortunately, I had to find out under Carrie's death circumstances, but I had no idea that her daughter was on Screen Queens, oh, the maybe. TV show. Uh, I watched the first season of it, and it was pretty good, but her daughter plays like a sorority girl, and she always wears like pink earmuffs because she says that a guy once thought her ears were so beautiful that if he ever saw them, he would, like, kill her or something. Hmm. So she wears pink earmuffs. But, like, I, I had no idea. I think her name is... Billy hmm. something. Billy Lord. It's, like, a really fucking cool name. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's her daughter. I had no idea. Huh. Well, uh... Part of me feels like we should wait, but you just brought up horror movies and now i just want to talk about new year's evil with you new year's evil i literally just watched it okay well welcome to super scary yeah super cast we're gonna well we're skipping beer me today yeah i don't have any beer tonight no beer so we're just gonna jump right into super scary yeah so we'll see how this goes yeah we watched new year's evil this week it was a film that came out in 1980 and um i found it for free on youtube did you watch like an actual like real copy of it i bought the scream factory blu-ray because they had it on sale for 11.99 and free shipping oh so i was just yeah. like hey we're reviewing this hey i'm going to buy it that's that's pretty much what that thought process was well it was written by leonard newbauer um and also co-written by Emmett Alston, who was the director of the film, uh, starring Chris Wallace, a.k.a. Mike Tobacco from Killer Clowns. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, was he Derek? Yeah. 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 I didn't even recognize him. Yeah, that was him. He looked fairly familiar, but I, like, didn't... A bit younger, yeah. you know. When did Clowns come out? It was, like, it was the late 80s. I don't even remember but Mike Tobacco. I still can't get over his name was Mike Tobacco. <laughs> but yeah, that was... He's the only the only name I wrote down because I I looked other people up on IMDb and uh-huh. like no one was really in shit. So, it's I mean, those... they were in other stuff, but yeah. like a lot of the actors, it was a deal like, you know you're not very important when you don't even have a picture on IMDb. Oh, God. You know? Yeah. Like, that was most of the cast. There's really? There's, like, no picture. I was like, well, fuck these people. Then. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty alright movie. Premise, you got a guy who's, he calls into a radio station on New Year's Eve, and they're having a big new wave party. Yeah. And he, he tells the DJ that blaze blaze also diane who is derek's mom right mike tobacco's mom and the killer tells diane that he's going to kill one person or he's going to commit murder 
every time the clock strikes midnight in different time zone. Which I thought was kind of cool. That is a cool concept. Yeah, it's yeah. like an interesting it's an interesting way to like, you know, uh to plot out a film. Cuz I don't know. I mean, you've seen that plot done before like, oh, we've got hostages and I'm going to kill somebody every hour until mm-hmm. I get what I want. But the whole New Year's Eve and time zones thing was I thought that was pretty clever, honestly. Yeah. That was uh that was a cool way that they did that it's another movie where they show you the killer's face right away there's no like yeah you know who, what the guy looks like the whole time they kind of like and, the first time he calls in and explains what he's gonna do he's like shrouded yeah which doesn't make sense to me because like why would you bother yeah we don't know who he is yeah like, from jack you yeah know? but he's like shrouded and then the very next scene when he uh sneaks into a sanitarium yeah and woos a nurse you're kind of like who's this guy woos her very quickly very quickly he's just like hey i'm the new orderly hey you want to fuck <laughs> i brought some champagne <laughs> and she's just like yup it's new year's <laughs> and uh then we establish that this is the killer this is evil yeah his voice modulator sounded like gilbert godfrey being darth vader <laughs> It was. They even did like the, like yeah. in between sometimes, and another thing that they ripped off in this movie was like the Friday the Thirteenth. They did. Yeah. They totally ripped. It was it like off. changed a little bit, but they still did it just a few times. It wasn't even like a mainstay. No. It was just like a few random times in the movie they did it, but it, it was wasn't like, like every time he showed up. Yeah. It was like out of the five deaths they did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess throw that in. But I, oh, what was I gonna say? Um, his voice modulator when he says "I'm evil," yeah. it made me think of like somehow a cross between Doctor Evil from Austin Powers and Mermaid Man from SpongeBob, <laughs> just like running around as an old coot, like evil, evil. It was that was my favorite right there. That was good. Oh, I love when when he shows up. At the, he's talking to uh, the nurse at the sanitarium, and what is it when she? Oh, when he pulls the champagne out. Uh, what does she say? Oh, you you come well equipped. Or no, he he says I always come well equipped. Yeah. And then she's like, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he has champagne and a and a radio, and a radio, radio. yeah. And when he, like, when they're like getting ready to get it on, you know, it cuts back to the new wave party, but the band's playing like a slow blues Stevie Ray Vaughan I know, song. It's so like, weird. Like they, first of all, first of all, the this is another great movie with an original song. Yeah, New Year's Evil. And it's the first song that the this band Shadow uh, at the at the New Wave telecast. This band Shadow performs the song New Year's Evil, and I feel like it lasted like ten minutes. It really lasted <laughs> for a long time, and also had the worst mosh pit like of all time. Yeah, I loved when the people were like jumping off this like two foot high stage and just like falling like <laughs> like it was some huge jump, and they just couldn't take it. But still, a great song, though. Yeah. I mean... Not as good as Fall Break. Not as good as Fall Break, 
but or or the Killer Clown song, mm-hmm. but definitely good. And I want movies to start making original songs that mention the title of the movie in the song. That needs to happen more often. I'm all for it. Um, I also wanted to bring up. There's like this kind of underlying plot point where at the beginning of the movie, Mike Tobacco comes into his mom's hotel room before she leaves for the New Year's Eve party, and he's trying to uh, tell her that he got this part in some, was it like a TV show or yeah, something? Yeah, American Rocket or American Astronaut or something yeah. like that. And he got he got the part, and she's just like ignoring him, so he's like super butthurt, and yeah. then he apparently goes insane, and... Which There's, I'm, like, the scene with he pulls the pantyhose over his face. And, yeah. Well, and then the scene before that where he pops pills and then doesn't swallow the pills. Like, yeah. you could clearly see them still well, in his I was, mouth. I was watching him, and it's, like, not impressive. He just reaches over and grabs three pills. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's got a headache. He's taking a Tylenol. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I wish that they would have played with that more because I... I wanted there to be some sort of, like, twist to it because he was, like, sitting in his hotel room going crazy. Mm-hmm. But then there just, like, wasn't. Like, yeah. spoiler, there's really no payoff to that. Except at the very, very Except end. Except the very, very Which end. Which is fucking stupid, in Yeah, my it was, like, a total, like, washout. Yeah. Like, there's cop-out no, ending. There's no way it could happen. No, not Absolutely no way. Not even a little bit. Just, and I like I wish also that they would have played with that mask more. Yeah. Because that doesn't Why even, not? I don't know. That doesn't even come in until the end of the movie, like the final sequence, and I'm like, that mask is pretty creepy. Yeah. Especially with that white tracksuit and he's mm-hmm. got the knife. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. And that's like your your uh publicity for the film too. Mm-hmm. Like that's your push, and then it's literally in like ten minutes. Yeah. The other time it's just the guy. You just see him. <laughs> Like in various terrible disguises, like the mustache he puts <laughs> yeah. on to go into that uh, party for the second kill, which I loved when he's driving with the two girls that he picks up yeah. at the bar. I would have watched a movie that was just him driving around being annoyed by those. Two girls. <laughs> <laughs> the one the girl talking about transcendental meditation yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, and how she was so into Zen. Yeah, but you know, none of it mattered if she was alone on new year's eve yeah she stopped biting her nails and her friend got rid of her nervous diarrhea (laughs) (laughs) and that was yeah that was pretty funny and then he's just like sitting there annoyed as fuck and he checks the time and he just goes son of a bitch like (laughs) and she's just like well don't have a cow (laughs) like just totally fine with being picked up at a bar and they're she thinks they're going to Emilio Estevez's house. Yeah. Like, it, it's so it's so good. Um, mm. Let's see. And then, I mean, throughout this, Jeff, who is the killer, and that is well established. Uh, well, you think his name's Jeff Winters for, like, the majority of the film. And later, there's a twist. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, but there no. is one. I figured it out so within, did like, I. the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I really did, too. Like... And it's not even one you have to, like, think about, because I don't try to figure out the twist in a movie. I don't want to know, but it was so obvious. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, that's who it is. Right. Okay, well. 
So you'll figure it out, but uh, Jeff, for the majority of the film, is he's killing people each time, and then he calls in to uh, Blaze or Diane each time, and he'll play back a recording of his kill that yeah. he's he's recording on his boombox that he carries around with him, which is kind of funny if you think about it. He's just got this like ghetto blaster. <laughs> it was a ghetto blaster. <laughs> <laughs> you see him reach over right before he's about to kill someone. He like hits the play and record button. Uh-huh. And then... is it, it was silly. I did like. Um, well, okay. So after this like second kill, and we're kind of getting around. You know, like Derek is upstairs in his room going crazy. He kills a bundle of roses, which I think I would love. I hope it becomes like a running theme. But uh, I want to make note in all the horror movies we watch. Of somebody killing an inanimate object, <laughs> like when Pete kills the piano in yeah. uh, in Black Christmas. Well, Derek kills some roses. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this, you know, Jeff is still kind of driving around searching for his next victim, and now he's dressed as a priest for whatever fucking reason. Yeah, but uh, he gets harassed by a biker gang for whatever reason. And uh, he drives into a, a drive-in movie theater. For whatever reason. Yeah, like, it's just, there's just no point to any of it. But he goes into this drive-in and parks, and he's trying to hide from this biker gang. But I made a note of the preview that they're showing, and you hear mostly, you only see a quick snippet of it. But it says um, it's for Bloodbath and Blood Feast. Mm-hmm. Those are two real movies, and they're Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, who's like the godfather of gore. Oh. And uh, I have only seen one of his movies, and it was called The Gore Gore Girls. <laughs> and it was about a bunch of go-go dancers that were dying in horrific ways, and the detective that was kind of like a Pink Panther-type deal, mm-hmm. uh, he was like hired to, to investigate the killings and... Very, I mean, just corn syrup splatter. Yeah. That's what Herschel Gordon Lewis is, is known for. Okay. But uh, those, yeah, but Bloodbath and Bloodfeast are I was are wondering if those movies, movies were real. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good to know. I think Blood Bloodfeast is kind of one of his bigger, you know, mm-hmm. movies, as well as uh, The Wizard of Gore okay. is another one that's been remade once or twice, too. Speaking of the drive-in scene yeah you notice the first time that they cut to that couple in the car the guy is like feeling up his girlfriend she just looks like absolutely uninterested completely disinterested she's like smoking weed yeah and he's like grabbing her boob and she's just like staring at the screen not and he's paying just like, attention at all he's just like i bet it's time and she's just like hmm, maybe after maybe the next, next movie yeah. just like yeah. and he's just like okay yeah and just keeps keeps just going. keeps fondling um, but eventually, Jeff, uh, this couple is only important because he kidnaps the girl in this car. He leaves. He steals his, their car. Yeah, he steals their car. The guy gets out. Girl. I don't know why she didn't jump out of the car, too, because she had plenty of time. Yeah, she, she had just, like, stays in the time. back seat while her boyfriend gets pulled out right. to the other side. And she stays in it as this strange man gets in and starts to drive away. There's probably a good minute where she could have gotten out if not before he started driving when he's driving yeah you imagine he can't be going too fast while he's leaving right. the drive-in the theater drive-in a lot theater. so you know i but i love the line where he's like 
he pulls the boyfriend out. He's like, where are the fucking keys? Yeah. In the ignition, man. In the man. ignition, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. But then, so this girl has every opportunity to get out of the car, and she doesn't. And then when she's driving, she's just like, I don't have any money. Do you want to do it? We can do it. I won't put up a fuss. Yeah. And he's just like, no. He just pulls out his switchblade. And is like just brandishing it yeah. in front of her. And then she has, so she has all these opportunities to get out of the car and she doesn't. So now she's kidnapped. But then <laughs> there's just like just wide open road. Mm-hmm. No cars. They're not in the city somehow. They're, like, near a park or near the woods. It's just, like, wide open. And he has to stop in the middle of the road for two random drunk guys. He almost kind of pulls over yeah. to stop for he two does. drunk guys. And then they're, like, they stumble in front of the car and then she And then gets he, out. he stops completely and he gets out of the car to tell them to get out of the way. <laughs> At which point... She decides this is her golden opportunity and, like, immediately jumps out of the car. Like, no hesitation, just jumps out and runs. And then you get a classic chase through the woods scene, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was kind of lame. But during that scene, uh, I made a note that Jeff looks like the love child of Jeffrey Combs and John Saxon. Mm. Jeffrey Combs played... Um, Oh, crap. I can never remember his name. He plays the doctor in Reanimator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, young Jeffrey Combs and, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, John Saxon. Is it Herbert West? Yes. Yeah. Herbert, Dr. Herbert West. Yeah. But he looks like if those two had a baby, it mm-hmm. would be this guy. Yeah. For sure. But, um... <clears throat> but the, the cops show up when he's yeah. got her cornered. And he just kind of skitters off, and they like, I know, don't even typical, chase him. Typical horror movie cops, they're like, hey, what are you doing over there? And he, like, looks and runs off, and they're just like, he's fine. Yeah. And then they, like, find the girl yeah. immediately after, and they're just like, you okay, man? And they don't even bother, like, going after him. No, not even That'd a be little right. bit. That's okay. So he goes to the, the hotel. It's now his time. He's this. He's skipped his third kill. Yeah. There's supposed to be four kills. I they... feel like he should have just gone home. Yeah. Because he blew it. He blew it at that point. Like, your, it your plan is done. Yeah, even if he if he gets his midnight kill on the West Coast, you didn't do it, guy. Like, you you it, lost. Like, they, you know, if you take, take a movie like Seven, for example, you know, Kevin Spacey as a serial killer. If you haven't seen it, spoiler, sorry, fucked up. Fuck up. Um, but you take him and he has this grand master plan you know he has to kill people according to the seven deadly sins and then you know okay no more spoilers but you should really see seven it's like old Mm -hmm. like come on if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it yet but uh you know and even in the movie they mention how this guy wants to be like the zodiac killer yeah and the Zodiac obviously had this grand master plan and he never missed a beat and whatever. So that's like an MO for serial killers or yeah. one of the telltale signs. Like they have to do <coughs> things ritual ritualistically. Mm-hmm. And this guy fucked up his ritual. Yeah. Like halfway through the movie <laughs> just messes it up. At that point, I feel like he should have been so distraught about it that he shouldn't have been able to continue or somehow like found another quick victim or something. But even that still doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. the mo but nonetheless yeah. he gets to the hotel 
and he has a brilliant plan <laughs> to get inside because there are cops guarding all the entrances. At this point, they know that this killer has been calling into the radio station. They know yeah. he's real. They found a few bodies. Mm-hmm. and Because he tells them where to find the bodies. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, and they go and look, and they find them. And they find them. And so he shows up, and he just, like, it's like the complexity here is... It's something that you would have had to pull off in, like, a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah. You know? There's one cop standing outside, and it's he, he stands around the corner in, like, the parking garage and says, Hey, I think I found a drunk! Yeah, and then the cop's just like, okay. Oh, it, oh, oh, I guess I should help this guy. Even though, and I made a note of this because it was retarded. There's two cops, yeah, and the one cop goes inside. Mm-hmm. And so then Jeff sees this as his opportunity, so he calls the other guy over. Knocks him over the head with a brick, and then dons his police uniform, and then <laughs> walks around the corner to the guy's partner who is now reemerged <laughs> from the building and just walks right by him, wearing the wearing cop the cop uniform, uniform, as if they wouldn't know this guy is not on the police force at all. Like, like, and that his his partner is gone. And yeah. a different dude just walks <laughs> right by him. That's what I'm saying. It's like PlayStation 1. It's like you just put on the uniform and now everyone just sees You're you a as a cop. Oh, yeah. there you are. Couldn't tell the difference. And then he quickly strips the cop uniform. Like, doesn't even use it to access more. Which yeah. I guess is kind of smart. Like, you can only, you know, fool me once. But and, and then he goes to the control panel for the elevator and hacks it. Somehow yeah, he has with a screwdriver, and he's just like pulling. He pulls open the control panel, and it's just like wires and shit. And he just like sticks a screwdriver in, and somehow knows which control is going to control, like make the elevator go up really fast yeah. or make it fall without the brakes. And he just performs this operation seamlessly, as if he's done it like a million yeah. times. I did. Uh, I also made a note prior to this, right before, right. uh after he like gets into the hotel and he's changing, um, they go back upstairs to the New Year's Eve party, and this is again where I was hoping something would happen with Derek, but like it shows Blaze and she's kind of like freaked out or whatever, um, and Derek is just sort of like creeping behind the stage with the stockings and like uh <laughs> like the those, Jordy LaForge yeah, glasses sunglasses, like Star Trek sunglasses yeah. and he's just creeping and he doesn't really do anything no he's just like looking around like he's gonna kill somebody and then that's that's it and then it pans over to the band who uh they announce that this next song is called Bonsai and then it is a very unenthusiastic song for a song titled Bonsai. It's a slow jam. Yeah. And I was kind of like taken aback. I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. This is really stupid for New Year's Eve. But so then we get to the, the elevator and uh, the big reveal. Yeah. Which is like the most casual, calm <laughs> reveal that I've ever seen a killer make. Yeah. He's, he's like, just, by the way. I really hate you, and I've been killing people. It's me. I. It's me. Yeah. Ta-da! You castrated me, and that's not nice. <laughs> I, was, I put that down, too. I was like, castration is not nice. <laughs> oh, man. That was that was a fun line. I like that. Um, I did think 
that so we won't reveal who the killer is even though you'll get it if yeah. you watch this movie you'll figure it out um very quickly but he ties up he chains up diane to the bottom of the elevator and then goes well then goes back to the elevator panel and uh starts fucking with it <laughs> you know to make the elevator go all the way up now i really did think this was kind of inventive i i liked this sequence i wish it had, had more of a payoff mm-hmm. but i was like all right that's that's pretty cool you know like that's an interesting but it was very uh, it was it wasn't uh, as dramatic like the falling elevator was not nearly as dramatic as you would hope it to yeah. be it looks very slow it, yeah like it's still gonna hurt it's a little bit faster than normal but it'll be okay yeah probably like the the elevator is not gonna like like tin can when it hits the ground it's just gonna kind of like bounce probably yeah uh and then i mean that's uh, if we're not gonna spoil the rest that's pretty much it there's a nice standoff on the roof some out of the blue shakespeare Mm -hmm. and then the end yeah movie that was weak weak sauce very weak like when the ending was getting ready to happen, I was like thinking to myself, don't, don't do, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do what I think you're about to do. Yeah, they did. And then it. they did it. Okay, well, yeah. So, um, stupid ending, in my opinion. I'm pretty, pretty forgiving, you know? Yeah. I don't like, I don't like to bash stuff, but I, certain things just bother me in movies, and that's one of them. Like, especially the way it happens in this one just uh, if you guys watched um, The Collector yeah. I think we talked about that once yeah. um, on, a, on a previous podcast very similar uh, ending in that in that way only imagine that there are like instead of cops in the area there are literally cops surrounding that's true <laughs> the ambulance as well as a crowd of spectators yeah there's just no way at all that it's even possible, but apparently it happens. And absolutely no subtlety on the part of the perpetrator. None. None without whatsoever. Going into too much detail. Yeah. Imagine being as blatant as possible about who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just, just yeah. silly. I, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie, but it's. I mean, if it falls into that, like underwhelming 80s slasher mm-hmm. um you sort of expect the kind of movie it's gonna be it's definitely a b a b-list slasher which but i you know i tend to enjoy those i mean i rewatched the fun house not too long ago um and i was like i like this movie but it's a bad movie yeah like it's it's really not that great i thought i thought the switchblade was a pretty weak weapon for like a yeah. big killer in a movie like this, it looks dinky every time it, it shows up, and and it's not even it's not even a butterfly knife. It's just no, a it's just quick a... switchblade. <laughs> yeah, I did like the the punk at the beginning that had the switchblade comb. Yeah, was like classic. Mm-hmm. The scaring the security guy outside the hotel. Yeah, that was that was classic in my. Opinion. I was hoping that like when I was reading the description, I saw that they were having this. It literally says, like, New Wave Party. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, maybe it'll have, like, a really cool soundtrack. But there's 
I mean, thinking about it after watching it, I'm sure they didn't have the budget to really license no. anything good. So it's not like you've got an awesome classic 80s soundtrack in this one either. It's, you've got your your I theme song. Th- yeah, which is great. I mean, I feel like if they would have been able to license things like that to mm-hmm. get a better soundtrack, you would have at least... This movie might have more of a following for its soundtrack. Yeah. Like, you know, people might be like, well, the movie's not that great, but, like, the soundtrack is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it had worth a really it. sweet, like, early new wave bands yeah. before they got huge. But yeah. They didn't do that. No. They just had missed, missed opportunity. Yeah. But, you know, overall... I'd say, you know, it's it's a fun movie to watch on New Year's. I think I would have preferred uh, if we would have watched Terror Train, because that's a New Year's Eve movie as well, mm-hmm. but maybe we'll hit that one okay. next time. Yeah. That's a that's more of a classic. That's got Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. classic screen queen in it, so... Uh, and The Killer is a little more interesting in that mm-hmm. one. I just got that on Blu-ray. Ordered, uh, ordered Terror Train and Motel Hell, and Salem's Lot, and a limited edition steelbook of The Driller Killer. Mm. Two Scream Factories, Driller Killer is Arrow, and then Salem's Lot is just standard Blu-ray. Pretty cool. But those hopefully will be here at the beginning of the week. Can't wait for that, right after New Year's. Nice. Well, that's... That's super scary. Yep, that's super scary. That's what it's going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we hope you guys still enjoy it. We want to, we still want suggestions. Suggestions. If there's something you want us to watch, we'd love to hear about it. Um, fortunately for you guys, I think both of us have acquired a lot of movies we've never seen Yeah. Uh, recently because we've been very excited about Screen Factory and Arrow, as we've said many times. I've got the the Thing uh, Screen Factory release oh, that I want to watch. One? Yeah, That's cool. Lots of cool extras on that. Mm-hmm. They're probably pretty neat. I watched like all of the extras on Chud and Chud 2. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think we, we'll have to talk about those at some point. I'll have, really to, I'll have to borrow them or, and watch them or buy them myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, Amazon, kind of the place to go. I mean, Screen Factory keeps their prices pretty, like, I think they're pretty reasonable online. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different price points on their, like, Shout Factory website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get, like, some of their collector's editions, like, I think Return of the Living Dead collector's edition is up there at, like, $35, but... I was reading an article the other day that was like the top 10 best Blu-ray releases for horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was on there because it's like the most comprehensive version of the film. It has that Blu-ray has the most versions, the most special features, the most everything. So that one's like $35 mm-hmm. to give you guys an idea. But there are plenty of other movies that come in around 20. So I think Scream Factory keeps it pretty uh, across the board. You know, there's a nice spread, so it's cool. Um, But Arrow and Vestron um, and even kind of Synapse a little bit, their stuff tends to be a little higher. 
You're I looking, think they're a little bit smaller. Yeah. Than Scream know. Factory. Mm-hmm. So their stuff tends to be thirty-five to forty. Um, so in that respect, Amazon, man. If you mm-hmm. want to get, if you want to pick up Arrow and Vestron releases, check out Amazon because I was seeing stuff for maybe ten dollars cheaper. Do you know if they go through like the actual companies? I believe Amazon is just a distributor for those films. Okay. So like they're partnered with. Because I wouldn't, I would hate to do it and not be supporting those the company companies themselves. and then have them not get. Because yeah. I know that that's. <laughs> When I was reading about the Vestron stuff, I read a big article about it, and it was talking about how like they were going to keep doing it as long as people were buying these movies because they have a fucking vault full of shit that's never been out. <clears throat> a lot Vestron of stuff that is Lionsgate, right? Yeah, yeah. And they've got a lot of stuff that like you know hasn't been released since like VHS days. Yeah. So. It'd be cool to see people continue to support them and get a library, mm-hmm. you know, put out of, of good stuff. And that, you know, I feel like it doesn't have, like, their their releases don't have the big booklet like Arrow does. Uh-huh. But, like, the slipcover is cool that they, that they included yeah. with uh, Chud 2 anyway. And there were a decent amount of features on there, mm-hmm. like new stuff, new interviews, and new commentary, so... I honestly, um, I I don't have I don't own any Synapse films. Mm-hmm. Um, Synapse really kind of gets, they kind of get down and dirty mm-hmm. with their movies. Um, a lot of stuff like, uh, I know Frankenhooker is mm-hmm. on there. And oh, then, I I, I want to see that. I watched uh, James Rolfe do a review of that. Really, it looked really fun. Um, there's a movie called Street Trash. Uh, just lots of. Maniac Cop, lots of um, gritty, gritty, like, New York slasher movies, yeah. which is what Driller Killer is. I think there was a... I, I'm not really familiar with it, but I think there's kind of this genre of 80s, like, New York exploitative films. I think that's kind of what they were going for in Chud. It is, yeah. It's, you know, they're they were talking about putting the movie together and how it was on very, very limited budget, you know, but they still had really good actors involved and, uh, you know, like the, the underground scenes and like the subway scenes they constructed like in a loft really in New York. Yeah. They like built everything themselves and that's awesome. It's pretty cool. I mean, it looks convincing. I wouldn't have guessed that it was filmed inside of some, you know, a loft uh-huh. apartment it looks real. But there's so there's this like there's sort of this subgenre of like New York grit and a lot of stuff that is on Synapse is on that and I'm not saying that I'm like weak stomachs or anything or like wouldn't watch them mm-hmm. but they are definitely I like I said you're more exploitative yeah lots of like dealing with the homeless which is what kind of Chud deals with or mm-hmm. dealing with like prostitutes that yeah. lots of Lots of prostitute killing and whatnot. So just real, real, real gritty stuff. Um, but what I was getting at is that I really think Arrow is probably your cream of the crop. Yeah, I, I would agree. Out of everything that, that I've seen so far. Like, there are certain films that Scream Factory really takes, puts a lot of effort into. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 
<laughs> not that it, it doesn't really deserve it, but there is like a making of featurette on New Year's Evil, mm-hmm. and there's a director commentary track, but that's really it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else available. Now, obviously, as I mentioned, Return of the Living Dead has just special features upon special features. So that's what I mean. Like, they, there are certain films that they release collector's editions of mm-hmm. that are packed to the brim with features. But I think Arrow really takes a certain amount of care with every single one of their releases to bring you the most comprehensive version of that release no matter what it is Mm -hmm. and they also have those beautiful booklets on the inside i'd like i don't know if um if they do venture into other areas like other genres Mm -hmm. i haven't really checked it out but it would be cool to see them do other you know other types of movies because they do such an awesome job with the horror stuff yeah you know if they did like 80s action movies too or right you know anything really that would be interesting I know they they sometimes will get away from the horror, but it still stays in that kind of like that kind of Mad Max area, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they do have a lot of their they release a lot of like Japanese crime thrillers. Oh. Uh, some you know, there's one called uh, something called like the 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 thousand kill gun or something like that you know just but like black and white japanese crime dramas they have a couple of those released Mm. um but i think that's kind of as far as they get from the horror genre i just looked up on my phone because i was curious i've been meaning to do it but uh since arrow releases so many uh films in the uk they don't put out in the states uh, you can get like a region free DVD and Blu-ray player for like $150. Yep, I looked it up too. So that's um, that's, that's on the wish list for yeah. sure. Because Arrow UK is just I mean, they with that burbs. That's yeah. It's a big deal. They have the burbs, they have the burning, which I just got from Scream Factory and uh, Lindsay and I were watching it between Christmas gatherings and it's gorgeous. Um but they have a version of the burning and like deranged, which is kind of a pre Texas Chainsaw Massacre rendition of the Ed Gein story. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of just lots of interesting stuff from Arrow UK, and far more releases than in the U.S. There's a movie coming out in the U.S. though from Arrow called Blood Rage mm-hmm. and it's very similar to The Final Girls and I, I kind of want to pick it up it looks it looks interesting like people go to a movie and then the killer I think comes out of the movie and starts killing people mm-hmm. well um, earlier before we started the show I I posted in the Divor- Divorce Club if anyone had any topics for us because we haven't done that in a while yeah and uh, Andrew had a a body shaming question for you. A little bit. He shamed me a little bit. He body shamed Bender, and he asked how Bender is so fashionable when he's uh, made from pipe cleaners. Yeah, it's kind of a classic Andrew backhanded compliment. Yeah, like 
thanks for saying I'm fashionable. Yeah. But not for that I'm super skinny. Yeah. But I mean, guys, I am super skinny. I'm well, not going to lie about it. But I'm not nearly... You, you're you gangly on stage, though. Your wife likes to call you a noodle. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm very noodly on stage. You're very noodly on stage, and I feel like while you are slightly more built than I, we are both thin trimmed men yeah we are yeah so we keep it trim here there's not much extra beef not not a lot if you like more cushion for your pushing you're gonna have to go elsewhere yeah because we don't have it bony hips yeah uh, <laughs> no butt i have my butt's okay yeah you have an okay butt i have an okay butt i have a more or less not butt no, no butt. but okay. uh to address this topic um, thank well, you. I like being fashionable. Your mom weighed in as My well. My mom did weigh in. And it, it kind of plays into Andrew's question. And she wanted to know who your fashion inspirations are. That's... Okay. In 100% honesty. Uh, I don't necessarily have, like, somebody in particular that inspires me. Like, I don't look up to anyone fashionably necessarily but there uh i don't know why but tlc used to be a pretty prominent channel on our television i think my sisters liked to watch america's next top model a lot and i don't know if that was on tlc but either way there's a it may still exist there's a show called what not to wear and it was this guy and this lady and they would take people who were nominated by their friends as having terrible taste in clothes. I remember this show. Yeah. Yeah. And about. these people would be flown out to like LA or New York or wherever their studio was and they would bring their entire wardrobe and these two people I can't remember their names but they would go through the wardrobe and literally just throw out all of their clothes and then they would give these people a credit card and they would, on the first day, they would send them shopping by themselves and they would give them like, okay, this is, look for this, look for this, look for this, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd send them off. And then almost always the people would go out and buy the stuff that they normally bought. And then the next day the hosts would sh- surprise them while they were shopping and then help them pick out and try on different things. And then all the time, they ended up with these like gorgeous wardrobes and you know they looked so professional and looked so nice and everything so that long-winded story out of the way there's one thing on that show that the guy said that i have literally lived by for more or less my whole life since i saw that and i don't even know how old i was i must, i was probably a teenager but he said Never leave your house unless you look prepared to go somewhere. He was like, if I wake up in the morning and I go outside to get the newspaper, I don't walk outside in a robe and slippers to get the newspaper. Like, you always dress to go places. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know where my necessarily fashion sense comes from, but I definitely always go out looking like I'm out. I never wear sweatpants in public. I, you know, I 
I don't wear PJs. I I don't wear PJ pants, you know. I don't wear gym shorts, like anything like that. And I'm not going to discourage or come down on anybody that does it. Yeah. But I always try to look put together somehow. I mean, I wear a shitload of jeans and t-shirts and hoodies. Although I have this new, for Christmas, I have this new uh, sort of like in enlarged cardigan. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it goes all the way down past my butt. And it has a big like Emperor Palpatine hood on it. And it's all black and it has real deep pockets. And I haven't taken it off since I got it. Looks cozy. It is cozy. And I got this from the ladies section. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just went through the other night, well, over the course of several nights, and I put together a wardrobe wish list for myself. Yeah. I've got like an entire bookmark folder on my browser of stuff that I want to buy, and I'm just waiting. Yeah. Just waiting. I Um, wear, you know, I wear a lot of horror movie t-shirts, uh... But I wear ones that are, I mean, in my opinion, they're on the cooler side. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple companies, I'm sure I've mentioned them before, but FrightRags.com and CavityColors.com are two great t-shirt companies that work with artists to create original designs and then they print them and, and sell them. Pizza Party Printing is another one. Um, but I don't buy a lot from Pizza Party because a lot of their shirts are a little cartoony. And uh, I don't know. I'm showcasing today, so you can see. Nobody else can, but this is my new Poltergeist 2 shirt. And uh, it's just a black shirt, and it has Poltergeist 2, the other side at the top. And then in black and white, there's kind of like a... The tall man from Poltergeist 2 standing in a doorway above Carol Ann who's on the phone and you know the door is like bright white so it's he's a shadowy figure and she's crouched down in front of him but it's a nice shirt and it's it's cool cool, you know it's cool shirt so I don't know but I definitely on the flip side of that I love dressing up for like weddings and shit Mm -hmm. and uh I love wearing ties, and I didn't always. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. You know, even after I adapted the whole always leave your house prepared, I still didn't like to really dress up that much, but I've certainly grown into that. And it feels good to put on something nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I have some a couple vests. I have a lot of ties. I have uh, probably about a dozen different button-down shirts, some plain, some very patterned, uh, and I really like it. You know, I recently, a lot, um, over the last couple weeks, um, Lindsay and I have been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, and uh, they got some fashion sense on there. I, I dig dig some of the some of the gay fashion sense not gonna lie they got there was there was this one queen the other night that was wearing this jacket and i took one look at it and i was like if i could wear that on stage in super divorce like that would just be the ultimate 80s jacket 
What kind of jacket was it? It was like a suit jacket, but then it was like just bedazzled. No, it wasn't bedazzled. It was like um, you think of that classic eighties pattern that's like triangles and circles and squiggly oh, yeah. lines and stuff, mm-hmm. but just like mostly black and white, but then just color like patches yeah. everywhere just, and not neon but just like bright pinks and teals and yellows and mm. greens and circles and oh it was so it was so good it was such a good jacket my what? mom my mom likes to call me the gay son she never had <laughs> i don't know where i get my fashion sense but well maybe you can you might be able to find a jacket like that online somewhere probably that's what i was looking for like all secondhand stuff yeah yeah you know, I watch, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of episodes of Project Runway, and, you know, they create clothes specifically for women, but the des- some of the designers, you know, have very interesting fashion sense. There is one designer on a season who was a guy, but he frequently wore skirts mm-hmm. on the runway, and I was like, I don't know if I'd wear a skirt, but, like, that look is cool and it works for you and it's still kind of masculine to me you know despite the fact that it's a skirt Mm -hmm. um you know having this cloak that i've been wearing a lot recently is kind of sort of building off of that a little bit more flowy Mm -hmm. slightly feminine i mean obviously i I, like i said i bought this from the ladies section of h&m well buying you know there was a good while there when you couldn't buy skinny jeans in the men's section. They just didn't make them. Yep. You know, unless you went on like a, I'm sure you could have gone like some specialty retailers in, you know, Europe or shit like that. But probably as far as going to the mall, you had to go into the women's section of wherever store you went to. Yeah. Because all the guys' pants were still baggy. Mm-hmm. You know. I definitely. Yeah, I wore. I wore women's pants when I was in high school because we they didn't have guys skinny jeans and even now like the jeans both you and I are wearing they came out with straight leg jeans before they came out with skinny jeans yeah. for men you know even and then even that uh skateboarders had like skinny jeans before other people had skinny jeans but they were still like flared at the bottom mm-hmm. and still kind of looked feminine yeah but now, finally, we have very skinny, almost elastic. Yeah, almost jeggings. Yeah, almost jeggings, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. I think it's a good, it's a good style. Mm-hmm. I love it. I actually, these skinny jeans in particular are also from H&M, and these are skinnier than the skinny jeans I was wearing probably a year ago. Oh. And it's weird because, like, now I put these on, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't worn this pair of jeans in a while. Mm-hmm. And I put those jeans on, and I'm like, they're not as good. <laughs> Too baggy for you. Yeah. You know? Much like this cloak, because I'm going to keep talking about it because I fucking love it. I've been wearing this cloak. Well, uh, not long ago, Lindsay asked if she could wear it because she was cold. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I gave it to her and I went upstairs and I put on my gray hoodie that I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Not as cool. 
Yeah. I was like, this is not satisfactory to me. Well, maybe after a period of time, if you wear that for like, you know, two months straight, you might go back to the other one and be like, oh, it feels good to switch it up a little bit. Uh, we'll maybe. see. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe not, know. but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I literally have been living in this thing. So, thanks for the backhanded compliment, Andrew. <laughs> I, I do really appreciate it, and I am flattered when people think I have a good fashion sense. I get complimented from time to time, and it's always very flattering. You do a good job with your fashion. Thanks. Thanks. Let's go shopping. Yeah. Anybody that wants to go shopping with me, I'll go shopping with you. So, um, what else? Well, what else, well, what else uh, you know, we had our Christmas unwrapping yeah. last podcast, but mm-hmm. we have not seen each other since actual Christmas, so did you have a nice Christmas with your family? I did. I got, got a lot of cool stuff, uh, got a few games. I, too, got Final Fantasy. Did you? Yeah, so... Let's talk about how I'm never going to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll play it for, like, an hour, and then you'll just... You'll say that you got overwhelmed. Have you played it at all? No, not yet. Not yet. Because I'm still... Well, I haven't played anything in a while, but... Um, I'm trying to get through Witcher 2 on PC... Oh, man. So I can play the third one, finally. Right. I've had that just sitting for over a year now. Right. Or about a year, I guess. I don't know. So I'm trying to do that. Um, but I definitely want to play Final Fantasy. I've heard it's a lot of fun. Um, I got rigs. Really? I'll probably play that just here and there because, you know, it's online. Yeah, it is. So uh, I would, if, if there is a, a, a just a training... Mm-hmm. option on rigs i would love to play it yeah and just try to get acclimated but rigs is a vr game yeah that bender gave it a try the one time i did give it a try my one gripe with rigs is uh that you you aim your weapons by turning your head and looking at your opponent so it's very disorienting to because rigs is it's basically it's a sports type deal it's a futuristic sport but you know you're you're wearing like an exoskeleton like a mobile suit almost it's a giant it's almost a giant robot um not quite as big as like gundams or anything japanese robots but it is this a large exoskeleton and you have weapons so they're very agile, which is really fun, and you kind of speed around the levels, and it's really cool. Uh, you can and jump and things like that. But as I said, to aim, you have to look, and there's like two lines of sight that come off of your view, and that's those are your like reticules, and it's just really, it's really difficult because I'm sure you would just have to acclimate to it. But the whole time I was running around with my left stick. And then, like any other first-person shooter, I was turning the right stick, trying to turn my view. Yeah. And the right stick does turn your rig, but it doesn't necessarily turn your view all the way. <laughs> it's not what you're aiming. No, it's not what you're aiming. And it's it's a little... Yeah. Yeah. I, if there's an option to change it, that game would be amazing. Like, it's it'd be so fun, you know? Um, 
But that's that's a minor gripe, and as I said, I think you just have to acclimate to that mm-hmm. sort of play style. Of course, I've only played VR for probably a total of two hours altogether. But what was the what was the coolest thing you got this Christmas? Oh boy. Hmm. The coolest thing. Well. I got, I got a lot of cool stuff. I just, um, I don't know. I, I would say the most, uh, the most unique is definitely what you got me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's, uh, uh, definitely a one of a kind. Mm-hmm. So that would probably win the, the most unique prize. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I got a lot of a lot of books and I love to read, so so that's good. I got the uh Stranger Things double vinyl soundtrack. Well, actually double sets, like four LPs all together. Yeah. And that actually just showed up today. So that's really cool. Um Yeah, you know. I had a I had a pretty fun filled Christmas with lots of cool stuff. Yeah, same same. How about you? Do you have like a most unique or, you know, favorite uh, thing you got this year? Um, well, I am very excited um, that I got the Saga action figures mm-hmm. from my girlfriend. Uh, I would say that's probably the most unique thing mm-hmm. that I got just because, you know, they are figures from a relatively obscure comic like yeah. it's it's in the comic world it is not obscure but mainstream wise i feel like it is you know still getting there it's nowhere near as popular as anything marvel or dc mm-hmm. um and those were the san diego comic-con exclusives yeah which i was they are san diego comic-con exclusive however there was stock shipped to comic shops across the country. They did. They like had to order them though. Yeah, you did have to order them specifically. Yeah, um, but they were available to be shipped out, so you didn't have to be at Comic Con to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, both of us purchased them at our local comic shop, uh, but they're nice figures. You know, yeah. McFarlane Toys made them, um, and obviously everything McFarlane does is a nice quality. So, again, that's that's probably the most unique thing I got. I think. I am most excited about the, uh, I got the ultimate deluxe collector's edition of Child's Play from Screen Factory, which uh, was something that I asked for and I was holding off buying and I was checking Mm -hmm. fairly frequently, maybe once a week, to see if it was still available because I was like, it's okay if I don't get this, I'll just buy it myself if, if it's available and... Of course, you know, the the day I go over to Lindsay's mom's house, I was on Screen Factory earlier, and uh, it was unavailable. It was sold out. And then five hours later, I received it from her as a gift. So that Did was they, very Was there, cool. like, a number on yours? Did they make a, a certain I would. I'll have like... to sort of examine yeah. it more. I don't think there's a specific 
there's not like a very prominent one of mm. so much but i i want to say that screen factory's general cutoff is like 3000 units mm. so and those are this is uh the child's play blu-ray and it's two discs you have it as well mm-hmm. the standard edition yeah um but so mine came with the slip cover that you have as well and then also an alternate slip cover uh it came with two 18 by 24 posters one of the newly commissioned artwork and one that is like a replica of the good guys advertisement in the movie and then a six inch NECA Chucky doll and NECA is uh much like McFarlane they make just high quality figures and uh and really awful candy yeah horrible horrible candy but this is NECA with one C yeah (laughs) uh so yeah so it came with a little Chucky uh six inch figure um it's very nice it's a very nice collection I hung up one of the posters today um but yeah I was really looking forward to that and hoping for that and I and I got it I was very excited about it Oh, I I totally forgot. I I got a drone. You got a Christmas. drone. Yeah, just got me a drone. I and I forgot to mention it because I still haven't taken it out yet. Because um, I need to like figure out how to work it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really had a good opportunity to to figure it out. I heard that they can be a little tricky to like get started with. Yeah. But I think it's got like the, you know, you can connect it to your phone. Oh, cool. So you can see. You, where it's going and uh-huh. fly it around and take video and all that stuff. That's so, cool. Yeah. Well, that will come in handy. Maybe we can, you know, get acclimated with it and then implement that when we're downstairs in the basement recording. Yeah. We can just hover the drone yeah. and film ourselves recording. Yeah. Or, you know, making music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Drones are cool because, I mean, I don't, I, I've never particularly, like, wanted one, mm-hmm. but... It's interesting to see that, like, drones used to kind of be this thing that was, like, you know, this forward technology, you know, and things like that. And now they're relatively affordable. Yeah. Like, even your larger drones, like this one, are, like, $150. Yeah. It's, it's like, really not, not... Not awful. I mean, you can you can get them with, like, all the bells and whistles and oh, spend, yeah. like, thousands of dollars. But you can get a decent, like, intro... Uh-huh. drone for like you said i think that was maybe around 200 you Even can get still. like really cheap ones for like 60 bucks or something you yeah know? i've so seen there's... we were at i'm sorry we were at uh brookstone mm-hmm. looking for gifts for Lindsay's mom and sister and dad and they had you know very small you only entertainment purposes but they have like mini drones for like 25 dollars you know mm-hmm. comes with a little controller and it's probably three inches long but it's still a drone it's still something that flies and you control it it's still pretty cool i think so that's neat yeah that's pretty neat i saw a tweet from conan i think like a couple weeks ago it was something like december is the month where all the weird guys go to Brookstone for massages with no intention of buying the massage chair or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. 
yeah, it was a, it was a very good Christmas. One, uh, one of the more successful Christmases in, in recent years. I got a lot of things that I particularly wanted, and I've got more on the way. I mean, I got four movies on the way. I've got a Terror Train t-shirt on the way. I've got, uh, well, I, I used a GameStop gift card to get Final Fantasy. And then uh, I still have $50 for Barnes & Noble. Hmm. Which okay. Barnes & Noble sells Arrow films. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either until I checked their website. Yeah. Very so cool. I can't decide if I want to get graphic novels or films. Mix and match. I thought I was trying to, but of course the Arrow films are like 30 bucks and the one, you know, the they're running, it's, it's hard because I could get like one film and one uh, graphic novel, the uh, Revival uh, Deluxe Edition Hardcover Volume 3 mm-hmm. is the most current one, uh, and I have the other two, so I could get like just those two things. But it's hard because I'm. I try to be. If I'm gonna spend frivolously, I still try to make the most of it. And they're doing buy two get one free on Marvel and DC graphic novels. It's just. And I was looking, you know, and some of them like Long Halloween is like eleven dollars and stuff. So it's kind of like I could really stock up. It seems like wherever you go, there's always some sort of deal on graphic novels. I don't care which store it is. Most comic shops sell them at like 20% off all the time, it, which is interesting enough. I mean, I think Mavericks might be like 10% off always. Yeah. Just about. But yeah, there are... The, the one thing about Barnes & Noble that kind of sort of bothers me... I mean, I love Barnes & Noble, but they do run Marvel and DC promotions a lot. But it's rare that they offer image by two get one free, you know? And it's always a big deal, like, in the saga group that I follow on Facebook, you know, anytime image is buy two get one free, there's, like, three or four people that throw it up in the group, like, guys, 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 Mm -hmm. it's time, it's time! Yeah. And it's only happened, like, twice in all the time I've been buying comics. But I was thinking about acquiring as much as I can of the Scott Snyder batman run because that's over um so and i've got like i think two of them two of the volumes so i was trying to get maybe the rest of them do you know how many there are i want to say like 10 but they were all on the cheaper side like i said like 11 dollars or so so with 50 dollars and buy two get one free Mm -hmm. i might be able to get like six of them you know or even more maybe i just uh I told you I picked up a bunch of Doctor Strange books, mm-hmm. and there's a new one. I don't know if you've seen it. It's Doctor Strange and the Punisher together. Ooh, it's pretty cool. It's called like Magic Bullets. Yeah, like I've heard. I've I've only seen that mm-hmm. uh, title before, but that's a very cool title. Yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, it's a cool pairing. Uh huh. I know. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know anything about Doctor Strange other than like. He, I was reading something, uh, it was a, it was a big storyline where like the real Nick Fury comes back. Hmm. Um, 
I can't I can't remember because Marvel's ridiculous and just has so many. But anyways, like Doctor Strange is like he travels to like the negative zone or something like that, and mm-hmm. he's kind of like the the hero that is able to transport between that or whatever. And uh, I think he takes the Punisher with him, and they're like in the negative zone, just like killing these giant alien monsters, and they find like the real Nick Fury who apparently for the last like 20 years has been stuck in the negative zone protecting Earth from like all of these giant aliens and shit. Hmm. And then Winter Soldier takes his place at the end of it. I have no idea what storyline it was. Is it like something that happened recently? Yeah, it's fairly recent, I feel like. Huh. Weird. I just, I don't don't know. Huh. Marvel. Yeah. What do you I'm still waiting for them to put out some real original Star Wars stuff. I don't even know if it's going to happen at this point. Maybe, like, sometime this year? Well, next year? In 2017? I'm sure I'm sure it will be... If they do it, I'm sure it'll be a couple years down the road because I know they're working... Disney is working so hard to establish a new universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I just loved Dark Horse because they just had stuff that was just completely oddball. You know, comics that just had nothing to do with anything other than the fact that, like, hey, there's this weird alien assassin and here's his story. It would just be cool to let them do maybe a comic or two before the next movie where you get some characters, like, that will show up in episode eight. You know, so, like... They attempted to do that with Shattered Empire, which was a four-issue series, and it was supposed to take place literally, like, minutes after Endor, mm. and it followed Shara Bay, who is uh, Poe Dameron's mom. Oh. And it was basically just four comics of her. She was an A-wing pilot, and it's basically just four comics of her, like, flying around and having run-ins with the main cast. Mm. I was like... Okay, but yeah, she's not in the movie. She's not in Force Awakens. She's in the book Aftermath, which I never ended up reading. But that was like the that was your gap. You that bridged your gap between six and seven. Of course, everyone's going to be wondering what they'll do about Leia now. They have to reshoot and re tinker. Um, some of her scenes because she completed shooting for episode eight, uh-huh. um, and they are going to, from what I've heard, they're going to retinker the scenes to kind of play her off mm-hmm. because apparently she had a much larger role in episode eight. Uh-huh. So they have to figure out what to do to set somebody else up to take on the role that she was being set up to to take. So, maybe maybe Mon Mothma will come back, or something for uh, for Episode Eight, and they'll kind of weasel her in and make her a major character, which I wouldn't really even mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very sad that Carrie Fisher had to pass, and you know, but honestly, my prime concern hasn't even been what they're gonna do with Star Wars. I'm more just like that really sucks yeah like i hope her family is 
I hope her family is trying to manage, especially with losing her and her mother. Was uh, I heard? I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that they like put Peter Cushing in Rogue One. Is that true? I've not seen it in Rogue One. I don't know I'm, if you might have like. I'm trying. Read any or seen anything about? Trying it. to avoid yeah. it. <laughs> Um, I know Darth Vader is in it, and but that was obviously in the trailers. Yes. Um, but I don't know anything about anything else. I'm trying really hard to, you know, stay away from it. Um, Lindsay's sister got us like I don't. I'm sure maybe you've seen those like popcorn gift baskets. It comes with like a movie gift card and then popcorn mm. and candy and stuff. She got yeah. us one of those with like a thirty dollar movie card. Mm. Um, so we hopefully very, very, very soon haven't attempted to go back. Not since we walked away from the last showing, no. We made a couple plans, um, but just the holidays got in the way. Yeah. Uh so hopefully within the next week, now that we've got like this car and, you know, all this stuff, um, we'll be able to find some time. Cause I'm dying, man. Yeah. I want to see it. Are you gonna? Did you see La La Land again? No, we were going to, and then um, we were supposed to go with Jason and Hannah, and their daughter got sick, and they had to take her to urgent care. And then my dad and his girlfriend were possibly gonna go with us, and then my dad was feeling under the weather, and then Jess had a bunch of work to do, and I was working on stuff. So yeah. Everything just added up to us being like, well, we'll, we'll go. Yeah, it's, I know it's starting to get to that time for tattoo season, obviously. Yeah. The holidays are over, and now everyone's got money to burn. Yeah. I know Lindsay was kind of stressing out earlier today. She's just, there's a lot. It's it's just getting to that point, you know. It's mm-hmm. going to be busy season. I was talking to my mom on the way over here, and she was like, oh, you know, you know, we have this, I got this game for Christmas, and I want everybody to come over and play it, and, you know, we can have dinner sometime soon and you know what are you guys doing for new year's and stuff and i was just like well normally you know last couple years nick and jess have done something for new year's if that happens we'll probably go to that and then i was like honestly after that i'm gonna tell you right now Lindsay's probably not gonna want to do anything for like a couple weeks Mm -hmm. like it's been family 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 friends family friends that's how i feel we were talking about if we're even gonna do that just because we've been running around and having people over and it's just like it's felt non-stop yeah so i don't know we're we're kicking it around i don't know what's going on yet but maybe we'll have a little gathering last minute i don't mm-hmm. know yet just well, as we normally do but i am um, off on sunday on new year's day so if anything goes down i'm down to party all right but if not maybe Lindsay and i'll just party at home because we were talking about if nothing happens, if nothing's going on, no one's doing anything, we'll probably just stay home and watch New Year's horror movies, Terror Train and New Year's Evil, and mm-hmm. maybe get drunk and, you know. That's cool. We condone getting drunk in a safe area yeah. where you know are not driving. No drinking and driving. Don't be a dick. But if you're at home and you're not going anywhere, you can get shit-faced. That's right. And 
course, the next time we come back here, it'll be 2017. Yeah. So we did talk about, by the way, that this episode was going to be our year in review. I think we mentioned that last um, cast, but yeah, but yeah. we're going to push that off. Because we're trying to have Jason on the show with us for the year in review. So hopefully we'll get that figured out for the next cast. Yeah. So your first cast of 2017 will be with Jason and we'll do a 2016 year in review. And we'll be able to look back at the entire year and not have a few days that we didn't know. Yeah. Who knows? Some Who knows what will happen on New Year's. Yeah. we got a few days left 2016, so... Who knows? So we'll see. we'll see. But that's 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 the upcoming plan for right now. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's about all I think. Yeah. So, oh, will you tell real quick before we sign off? Tell me a little bit about this letter that we got from a fan or this this message. Oh yeah, very nice, very nice message. Uh, someone on Reddit. I might have told you about this when it happened. It was like earlier in December, mm-hmm. um, but someone had contacted me, and I guess they were scrolling through uh, some old posts on like the post hardcore subreddit. Yeah, and like the title of the message was something like you know, is or was super divorce sleep star ignition or something like that, and oh yeah, and then they. You know, I wrote them back, and I was like, yeah, and then they asked, you know, how this band formed out of that one, I kind of gave them the rundown, and had a good little exchange back and forth a few times, and uh, uh, this person said they had been following us for a long time, you know, probably since I first posted on there, and they were wanting to know where they could find, like, some of the old Sleep Star stuff. And I was like, well, it's not really online anymore, but it was like, I still have CDs, so if you give me your address, I'll just send you a little little Christmas care package. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't get it out in time before the holidays. I just sent it out uh, yesterday, I think. Um, but I sent them, like, one of everything we had. Yeah, like, One of every shirt, one of yeah. every CD. So. Every piece of merchandise that we still have from uh what was what was right before sleep star the uh, drive december yeah yeah everything that we still have from drive december up through super divorce nick sent off to this this fan in australia yeah so people this is what happens when you contact us and tell us things you know we've been saying for a long time the first person to email us might get a surprise, might get a little something, something. Yeah. Well, we're we're still might get a little something, something. But if you take time out to pay us a compliment, to have an exchange with us or whatever, you might just get literally every piece of <laughs> merchandise we have ever produced. You might. You might. Don't expect. Don't expect everything. it. Because this was this was. I feel like this is a special case this person yeah. is in australia yeah and they've been you know they were asking about like matters of heart in yeah. particular and you know so they knew their they knew their history yeah. when it came to this band it was cool you know so but still you know that's what we're trying to to cultivate here is we just want to have exchanges 
yeah. with anybody that takes the time to listen to us, and then we also want to give back in any way that we can. Yeah. You know, so I'm still hoping for an email. Me too. Someday. Someday. That's a lonely, lonely inbox over there at yeah. Divorce Club at superdivorceme.com. But maybe you can break the silence. Maybe you can break the silence. Well, mm. and uh, while you're contemplating whether or not you're going to shoot us an email, um, I guess we're going to take this time to mosey on out of here for this week. Yep. And... Um, we will catch you guys in the outro. And we'll catch you next year. Next year. So, see you later. See ya. Another show in the bag, and uh, that's that's the end of 2016 for us here on the Supercast. That's it. We're done. We're done. So, next show will be the very first episode of 2017, and uh, it's going to be a big year for Super Divorce. Huge year. Got a lot of a lot of things cooking. Yeah. Cooking in different rooms here, and we are going to be making a whole album at some point a whole big album it's gonna be awesome gotta write it first yes yeah, <laughs> we have to do that it's, so but yeah. you know it's, we're getting after it yeah it's still gonna happen and uh you can follow the progress uh, on instagram at super divorce band posting pictures relating to our our work um what we're doing to prepare for that album coming up later this year, and just uh, just other inner band workings outside, outer band workings. You can follow me personally. I've been uh, pretty active as of late. Going to keep that up on Twitter at Nicholas Villars, and then also Nicholas Villars on uh, Snapchat and Instagram. So I'm an easy one to remember. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I'm a little checked out right now. I'm attempting to figure out how to go live from the band page on Facebook. Mm. It's not really... It's kind of working, but not really. So, um, I'm going to stop. But uh, you can follow me, my personal page, at BenderButt on Instagram. Um, I post a lot on there. That's That's kind of my go-to social media. But I'm trying to... Post more on Snapchat. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know how Snapchat works. I think maybe I'll make. I'll post my Snap code on Instagram, and then you can do that or whatever. Yeah. Or I'll put. I don't. I'll post it on Facebook too. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's it for me. Just bender butt and. I don't have a Twitter. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Twitter's fun. Maybe we'll do it sometime. Yeah. Down the road. I had one, and I don't know if I if I keep up with Snapchat like a bin. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll I'll rejoin the Twitter uh, fad and uh, try to try to keep up on that too. 
it's just not as satisfying on Twitter as it is on Facebook when you like get a like, especially on my Facebook because like I'm, I don't post terribly often, but when I do, I get twenty to thirty likes, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen to thirty, mm-hmm. fifteen to thirty likes, and it makes me feel good. You know, I'm like, oh, cool, like people think I'm funny or <laughs> whatever. But on, that's not really the case on Twitter. Like it's not. That's not the goal on twitter twitter is just you just post yeah it just happens yeah and it's just things yeah but whatever i'll consider it and if i get one i'll let you guys know but for right now just follow me on instagram and snapchat zach bender you guys know me i don't know and listen to the show every week superdivorceme.com um click on podcast yeah and you can listen to the show every week also on iTunes, and at some point, one of you is going to email us. Hopefully. At some point, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You listening right now, you could be the very first one. You could christen the inbox of Divorce Club at superdivorceme.com, and something cool might happen. So cool. why not give it a try? You know, and all the shit that you're going to do... What else? What, what else? You're going to scroll through Facebook again and read posts that you've already read 20 times today. God, it happens to me all the time. So just take a few minutes and, and shoot us a message, shoot us an email, and we'll write back, and it'll be a fun time. Yeah. Man. Yep. So, until next year, I suppose. Till next year. You guys have a... Uh... Have a scary day because now it's super scary on here. Yeah. And enjoy the rest of your 2016. Okay, bye. Bye. Super divorce.